Hello and welcome back to the Grand Prix Dynamics podcast. Um, it's been a few weeks. It's been quite busy. Um, personal things got in the way. Cameras on holiday, and um, I've had a lot of stuff going on with work and other things, and we've just been a bit too tired to even consider it. We have spoke about it quite a bit. Like, oh yeah, we need a plan doing the uh, like podcast this day, that day, and we just never got around to it. So we're now on the Sunday night, just after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, and yeah, I've got come here. How are you, come? Uh, I'm good. I mean, quite tired at the minute, but it was a good race. Bit of a ball fest. I won't lie, but yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a ball fest. It wasn't too... Like, the, after Perez overtook Alonso, there was nothing really going on, was there? Um, yeah, what, apart from it being a bit of a ball fest, there was nothing really to talk about until the end when Alonso is being given a penalty and he's now dropped off the podium. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the penalty to some extent. I mean... Rules are rules. Jackman did touch the car, but apparently Aston Martin are potentially a penalty. Which... Um, yeah, I have seen that Aston Martin are appealing the penalty. They're arguing over two things at the moment, so if there is anything that comes out while we're doing the podcast, we'll obviously talk about it. But um, Aston Martin have appealed against the FIA taking too long, so they have 30 laps to... Um, award a driver penalty. Alonso pitted on lap 19 and he wasn't given the penalty until after the race, which was 31 laps, so right on the limit for that. Um, And he was also given a penalty for his grid position, which I found a little bit weird because it didn't look like he was out of position at all. I mean, if you look at it, I think I'm not sure. I think it just depends on the angle if you're looking at it from the you know, uh, straight straight down basically, and you look at Paris and you look at Alonso. He is a little bit out of the line, but I mean that's not the first time that a driver's been out of line and got a penalty. I mean, Ocon in Bahrain, but there's also been times where drivers haven't been in line with it and not gotten a penalty. So it's just consistency with the FIA is just non-existent to say. Yeah, it has been very weird with the FIA and penalties because Ocon got three in Bahrain with like a total of 35 seconds time, uh, worth of penalty plus all the time he spent in the pit lane. So that would have added up to about two, three minutes maybe of uh, time wasted for him back in Bahrain. But yeah, like I don't believe that penalty should be given out after the podium places or anything like that. If they're going to make a pe- like if they're going to give a penalty, give it during the cool down lap when like they have time to give every like sort things out, get the correct drivers on the podium, not ten minutes after when they've gone up, they've received the trophy, they've spread the champagne or the rose water, depending on if the middle on uh, the Middle East or not, and then just move on because it's annoying to like a lot of fans when it's like oh yeah they got a podium they did really well and then half an hour to an hour later that podium's been removed because. The FIA has just been like, oh, you can't do that now. So, yeah, just typical, annoying, boring F1, like FIA, F1 stuff, really. F1 politics, so to say. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Aston Martin are appealing that, so we'll keep you updated if anything does come out. I'll have to double check Twitter. Um, yeah, Red Bull I would... look very strong. Yeah, uh, Red Bull, they look strong throughout pretty much the whole weekend. I mean, Max, obviously, was strong in F1, 2 and 3. Holly, well, as a Max fan, it was a bit rough to see him go out in Q2 with the drive tra- uh, drive shaft issue. But he's uh, he's gone from P15 to P2. So, can't complain. Uh, happy to see Perez win. I mean, phenomenal race from him. Once he got past Alonso, it was basically plain sailing. Even after the the safety car as well. I mean, he kept the five-second gap between him and uh, Verstappen for basically the whole race. And then towards the end, was actually extending that gap making it a little bit bigger. So, but obviously, the fastest lap, a little bit of controversy maybe within the Red Bull, i say, area. I mean, I'm not sure if you you watched the the cooldown, but there's a little bit of tension in there between, between Max and Perez, I'd say. Um. Yeah, definitely after Brazil last year and Red Bull wanting to keep Perez at the top, um, yeah, it was definitely a bit dodgy with that. Like, you can understand why Red Bull want to keep Max at the top because he is their number one driver. But at the same time, Perez led pretty much the entire race, apart from like the few laps when Alonso was leading. Like, you should have let him go for it just as much. Like, you can't be deciding like who's number one, who's number two, two races in the season. Especially when they've both just won a race and they've both came P2 as well. Like, it's unrealistic for them. You've got 21 races to go and you're doing stuff like that this early. Like, a lot of things can happen. As we saw last year with, like, Ferrari and stuff. Like, they they did really well in the first two uh, first few races and then they dropped off. Like, what happens if reliability does catch up to them like it did in qualifying yesterday like red bull need to think about their what ifs and think about the championship for both drivers not just one of them as much as i can probably say that they don't want them to to be fighting over it yeah i think i saw um a clip after the race and it was christian basically saying that before the race they basically said that they were free to basically fight obviously we never got to saw that, see that because Max didn't uh, close down that gap. But, I mean, it's just a bit weird how they've done it with the fastest lap. Obviously, that last lap, the stuff and pushed like crazy and he got it. Well deserved. But I feel like if Perez was told, hey, look, the stuff is going to be going the fastest lap, why don't you go for it too? It may be a different outcome and maybe we would currently see Perez uh, leading the championship, which he did do for about five seconds. Yeah, um, it has been weird with what Red Bull's been doing. Um, and at the end of the day, if it's going to come down to one point in the championship, it could be that fastest lap that they look to and say, there you go, Max, there's where you won it. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't understand Red Bull's philosophy between having a number one and a number two this early on in the season. Like, leave it equal until there's a clear number one. Don't just be like, he's the one we're going with. Like you can I can probably guarantee that Perez isn't going to put up with any 
like politics or crap from Red Bull to begin with, especially after Brazil last year. And the fact he's been a team player for Red Bull in 2021 as well. Like, come on. Like, do something with both drivers, not just one of them. Yeah. I think another team today um, not, that didn't do too well, uh, McLaren, I think it needs to be spoken about. I mean, not a good start to the season at all for them, really, in Bahrain. And Saudi wasn't much better. I mean, Piastri did well in qualifying. But obviously, that little incident at the start of the race, and they both fell basically down to the back of the grid. They were both off the front wing and both had to get it replaced. And then there was a nice little cheeky battle at the end between them. Uh, and I actually saw in the post-race interview that Lando said that he, he wasn't fighting Piastri, which I thought was quite... He was contradicting himself because he said he didn't fight him, but if you look at the 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 back, the, like the overtake, he's quite clearly fighting for that position. So, not sure about that, but what's your take on? Whenever McLaren was on the TV today, like just showing throughout the rest, I was just disappointed with them. Like they were meant to be something brilliant, like. After everything that happened with Daniel last year, you've got a question whether it really was Daniel or if it was the car, because them two at the back barely managing to pass Logan Sargent in a Williams with DRS, while Sargent had no DRS, is quite shocking. That McLaren looked so slow on the straights. It looked so slow everywhere in general. Um, I doubt Lando is going to put up with like that for too much longer because she can tell he's getting to the point in his career where he's hungry for wins and podiums just as like Leclerc and Russell is doing at the minute like there's there's going to be a lot of pressure on McLaren for the rest of the season now to try and break whatever situation they're in at the minute because it is so bad and they shouldn't be fighting for second to last place. Yeah, and to be fair, I fully agree with you there. I mean, the thing is with Lando, he, he signed that long contract there. Obviously, there's probably some kind of clause in there that if the car's not performing, he can lose the team. Something like that will be in there. But where does he go? Because, I mean, Red Bull, you've got Max and Perez, and you know, obviously they're the team to beat at the minute. Mercedes, Obviously, you've got George Russell in there and Hamilton. A bit questionable at the minute. Well, what's he doing? Is he going to sign an extension? Is he going to move to another team? Rumours he might be going to Ferrari. Well, that's been uh, around the paddock basically all of this week. Um, it was mentioned, I think, by one of the the Sky uh, presenters. So, but yeah, uh, I'm not really sure where he'd go. I think he's kind of stuck in that team at the moment. I don't really see him going anywhere. But I do think Piastri will outperform him personally uh, as the season goes on. Piastri looks strong today, even with the car not being strong. He looked strong where it mattered. And he did manage to pass Lando and then pass Logan as well, which uh, actually didn't get any TV coverage. Yeah, um... I doubt Lando's going to put up with it. Um, and talking of like what has happened with like Lando and his contract, I think if he does decide to leave McLaren, 
it's going to be like an interesting place to see where he goes. I believe Lewis will probably kick off the driver market this year and depending on whether he stays or leaves with Mercedes, if he leaves, I reckon it'll be Lando that ends up at Merck. But who knows? And like, honestly, the way Piastri is looking, yeah, he. I think he probably will outperform Lando uh, this year. But yeah, um, oh, it's back to 2015, 2016 for McLaren, maybe even worse the way they are looking in a straight line. Um an F two car could probably pass them. So yeah. I think another team uh that didn't do quite well today was Alpha. Uh I don't really think which one <laughs> uh well both well Joe I mean he, he did all right but I mean it was bought out to me he was just kind of nowhere I, I don't actually apart from the, the pit stop uh, and a little bit of TV coverage I don't really remember seeing them much on the TV I don't know if that was just me but they didn't get really much coverage and they didn't really seem to be anywhere to be honest they looked to be kind of just nowhere to be seen yeah um, bad weekend foul for me probably one for them probably to forget um, yeah when Bottas pitted for his softs round about lap 36 or 38, it was somewhere around there, I thought they were retiring him because he was just sat at the back of the field just chilling by himself. Um, Joe looked like he did get in a couple battles but never really made any progress with that. Um, Alfa Romeo is probably just one of the midfield teams that are just pottering on trying to find where they can improve like it is only the second race in the season um so yeah other midfield teams has seemed to have like unlocked their potential this weekend um magnuson said in the post race interviews that has have like fixed their setup and the tie wire has been a lot better compared to Bahrain when they were absolutely nowhere so a bit more positive for us and they scored the first point of the season as well. So only up from there, uh, I guess, for them. I thought Haas did quite well today. I mean, obviously they had a better start to the season last year and that was obviously quite clear with how um, Magnussen performed. But obviously Magnussen today finishing P10, which is their first point of the season. Hulkenberg, uh, again, he did well yes on Saturday uh, in qualifying. Almost almost made the cut to Q3, but unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. But yeah, I think I think Haas, I think, again, they're going to be one of those teams that are brought in the midfield. I think they're going to be battling for maybe P5, P6 in the constructors. I don't maybe probably P7, but I guess it just depends on how the season progresses and obviously who brings upgrades and where, really. Yeah. Um, there's not... Yeah. I don't think Haas are going to be, like, better than fifth. Um, they're probably going to be around about sixth or seventh. There's not much else you can really say about them. Um, talking of fifth place in the Constructors, Alpine look like they're in the middle of no man's land. Like... They were with the Ferraris at some point and then they weren't. 
and they were faster than the cars behind them, but they weren't as fast as the ones in front. So, like fifth place for them in the constructors is probably sealed for well, not sealed for them, but it's probably their target. Looking at where Aston Martin are, so it it'll be interesting to see where they go for the season because it does seem like they're gonna be stuck fighting each other on track and just sat there really. Um. Yeah, uh, Pierre was the one that uh, Piastri made contact with at the start as well. And um, yeah, they were both pretty chill, sat in P8 and P9, I think, at the end of the race. Yeah, uh, Ocon was P8, Gasly P9 as they crossed the line. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, Alpine, again, last year, they, you know, 2021, they were... Uh, not twenty twenty one, sorry, twenty twenty two. They were they're much stronger, I think, with Alonso obviously in that car. This year, they look to me personally to have fallen off the pace, uh, and I feel like Ocon is going to be kind of the guy in that team. He's going to push more. I think Gasly, obviously, this being his first year in that Alpine, as much as I rate Gasly as a driver, and I know he got that experience of being a team leader as well I feel like Ocon is kind of more settled in so I feel like he'll outperform him more throughout the season but again I could be wrong and Gasly might shine throughout halfway through who knows yeah I think it takes like drivers a couple of races to get settled in and with like the comments Pierre made in practicing that the brakes are rubbish and things it kind of just shows that he's still getting used to the car or like He's just expecting a bit more from them. So it's going to be interesting to see where Gasly does with uh, where Piast. That's brilliant English, that. And I'm having brain fog now. Yeah, it's just like it'll be interesting to see where Gasly goes with Alpine and how much they can get out of the car with his experience as well. Um, But yeah, Alp, uh, Alpine, they do look like they're in the middle of no man's land. And Ferrari were a big shock today. I thought they were going to be a lot better than P6 and P7. Like, they were behind both Astons until Lance retired, and they were nowhere... Well, they were, like, what, three seconds behind Lewis for P6 and P7? Like, that's quite shocking for Ferrari. I think, for me... Ferrari going into going into the season before, in that preseason before as the car launches were happening, they were, you know, everyone was like they're going to take it to Red Bull this year. It's going to be a very close fight, and it seems to me that they've kind of just they've just disappeared. I mean, obviously reliability issues in Bahrain for Leclerc wasn't great. Science missed out on the podium was passed by Alonso, and I feel like they've actually last year them being in the constructors being second, not comfortably because Merck were there towards the end. I feel like they've dropped off and I feel like now it's Red Bull, then Aston. Merck's very close behind Aston the mine and then Ferrari, even though they did have a good qualifying the club P2. Um, Sainz was uh, P4, I believe. But obviously, he qualified, he qualified P5, he started P4 because uh, of the penalty, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Like they're quite off the pace. Uh, hopefully, it might change, but I don't see them doing much better than third in the constructors this year, really. 
I think the pro I think it's gonna be like interesting to see who finishes best of the rest. I think Red Bull pretty much have their cut like the constructors wrapped up. Even though it is like two races in and we shouldn't be saying that, but like Red Bull look unstoppable, finishing 17 seconds ahead of like the rest and then doing the same in Bahrain as well. Um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who finishes best of the rest because Merck is sat there currently. If Lance didn't DNF, it could have been Aston that was second in the constructors instead. Depending on what happens with Alonso's penalty as well. Um, like, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with second. And honestly, I hope this battle goes through the entire season and it's not just like the first few races and then someone's like oh we're the superior team and just walks off uh, I, hope, I hope so too I mean it would be nice to see a battle for the first preferably but obviously with the way the rebels looking doesn't look like we're going to get that so hopefully there will be a battle for I say P2 to P4 um, yeah. um, I feel like if Stroll didn't retire I'm going to go on a long shot here. I think it would have actually been Stroll who finished P4. And let's say Alonso still got his penalty, it would be Stroll who came P3, which I mean, Aston probably then wouldn't try to obviously appeal it because technically they're still on the podium. It's just the other driver. But who knows? Obviously, it looked like he had brake issues. Uh, still a bit confused why the safety car came out, though. I mean, they said it was because. The, on their systems basically it showed that he was still on track whether that was because the rear wing was slightly just slightly over and not fully in in that little kind of blockade area but uh, I don't really agree with that safety car I'm not sure what you thought about it either really uh, yeah I was a bit confused on why they called the safety car like not gonna lie I was happy and I was hoping for another one through the middle of the race just to like try and get a bit of close racing but it just never happened and yeah like he was pretty much in the box for where he needed to be for the marshals to easily get him i guess they were just trying to like get everyone back to like close to each other so i don't know it was a weird one it's been a weird day for the fia in general to be fair like handing out when is it not really yeah, after after Bar, it's been a weird two races for the FIA actually with uh, Ocon and then all they've been up to today. Um, yeah, just <laughs> come on, there, there was no need for a safety car. You could have put a VSC out at best, not a safety car. I was expecting a normal like Saudi Arabia race with a bit of mentality with either like a huge crash or like people just going for it when they shouldn't be, but it's never happened this weekend. And yeah, I think they've finally learned that they found like they haven't learned, but they found the limit in Saudi for that track. And it's going to be interesting, like the coming races to see where everyone is actually at, because we are just in, second race yeah I think another team as well uh, that is quite disappointing me at the moment is the Alpha Tauri I mean obviously they didn't look that great last season and it looks like it's going to be the same season same this season Yuki I think he finished P11 today 
Uh, so just just outside the point. So it was Magnuson who came. He can. Uh, but his little scream on the radio when uh, when Magnuson did show up was uh, quite entertaining for me, to be fair. But uh, Nick as well didn't really look that strong. He wasn't really on the pace. Maybe he was pretty much at the back of the the grid for basically the whole race until towards I think it was like thirty to lap thirty five to fifty is when he moved a little bit up. But he only only ended up finishing actually P fourteen. So again, Harry's not looking that strong, which is a shame because I feel like they do have potential considering they are the Red Bull customer team. But again. Oh, the cookie crumbles in F1. Uh, yeah. AlphaTauri, I don't have high expectations for them again. They've got Yuki and they've got Nick DeFries. And after what's been said in the news by like Franz Tost and Red Bull, like them two having to perform and getting the team to where they deserve to be. Like yeah, it's understandable. But at the same time though, they have to be given a good car. And it's Nick's first season, it's Yuki's third. I think. Is it Yuki's third? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yuki's third. So yeah, it's it just needs to be a lot better for um Alpha for like Alpha Tari for them to to actually do something with it. Um hopefully mid season they kind of like come into it, maybe even Australia. If they were close at the points, Yuki definitely put up a good fight with Magnuson. So yeah, I never heard the scream on the feed, by the way, because I ended up talking. I was at uh, Sunday dinner, so I was eating my food and enjoying a good chicken dinner while watching the rest. And yeah, never heard the scream, unfortunately, but I have just seen a clip of it on Twitter that I'm going to have to go back and watch. <laughs> it was quite entertaining to be fair. It's like, ah, kind of, you didn't expect them to be that kind of thing, but. <laughs> a little bit of entertainment probably the most funniest thing that happened this race if I'm honest because overall I think it was mainly a bit of a ball fest the, the only entertainment I saw was really when uh, Alonso kind of took the lead I mean I was like oh my god Alonso's in the lead and then obviously I went back past a couple laps later which was expected but and then obviously Max was pretty much Again, he got driver of the day, so I mean that says it enough. He P fifteen to P two, so pretty good drive by him though. Uh, yeah, can't really fault Yuki, and that's pretty much it. Really, <laughs> um, any team? Well, we kind of missed Williams. Not much happened with them. Just Logan's fight and Albon's. Brick failure when he came on the radio and he said brick failure, I was like, okay, like, is he gonna like just slow down? No, he kept going, went past the pit. Then I was like, mate, it's the one track apart from Baku where you probably don't want, like, as much as no one wants a brick failure at any track, Baku, Singapore, and Jeddah are probably the ones where you don't want them the most. So that was very weird. I don't get why he kept going. Like he should have just pitted instead of wasting a lap crawling around. Really, I mean, I I think the reason they kept him out is because 
in some we don't know obviously we, they, we didn't know the full extent of the issue at the time it's kind of just as he said on the radio that he had an issue with the brakes or brake failure um i, I think i heard I think it was bernie uh who's one of the new sky commentators say that sometimes these issues can actually be resolved while the cars are still going around so yeah. maybe they kept him out to try and resolve it realized it wouldn't they couldn't and they brought him in all of see the following lap later yeah that is maybe why they kept him out um i i know there was some talk of hit people saying and that they kept him out so he could slow down to the pit lane but i don't really think that's the case so i think it was just the case of let's see if we can give him a lap to resolve it but it didn't happen uh and with logan i mean obviously he's had a good start to his season uh i'd say Obviously, that Williams isn't looking brilliant. It's looking okay. It looked better in pre-season, but again, you can't take pre-season with a, a pinch of salt, really. It's never accurate, to, to be honest. But again, I think Logan did well today. He split the McLarens, finishing P16, and he did have a good, good battle here and there. So I think he did well, and I think he will get some points later on in the season, hopefully in Miami, which will be one of his three of his home... one of three home races then basically yeah um i was quite shocked at williams because they're always known as like the draggy slow car in a straight line but staying ahead of mclaren in a straight line without drs is it was surprising and i think they could potentially be scoring more points depending like depending on how well they develop the car um so yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with Williams. I think that's all the teams done. Yeah, I'm yep. pretty sure we've covered most of it. No update on the Alonso penalty as of yet, but obviously. Yeah, I'm just having. I'm just having a look through. I'm just having a look through Twitter now, and nothing's coming up. So I'm like appeals take a while to be processed and everything. So who knows? It might be. Tomorrow morning we'll find out something. Uh right. Do you want to just have a look quick look forward to um Australia because we've got like a few minutes left. Yeah, um I think uh Australia obviously uh the thirty first to the second of March is gonna be a good one back in the down under. I think it's gonna be another heavily dominated Red Bull weekend. Probably Aston are gonna be up there as well, hoping maybe for an Aston, another Aston podium without the controversy at the end, preferably, um, and then not being taken away. Uh, but other than that, I don't really see any other team coming close to Red Bull or Aston at this point. What about you? Uh, yeah, I expect probably a Red Bull 1-2. Um, I might need a kind of Red Bull for that race because um, basically I'm going to Manchester at 9 o'clock on that night picking my girlfriend up from the airport and then driving straight home. So I'm going to be home about half two in the morning and then up at about 20 to six for the race. So I'm going to be sat absolutely knackered for that. Um, But yeah, I think Red Bull are looking unstoppable. Um, It's going to be interesting to see where Aston Martin are. I think Mercedes might just squeak another podium, depending on reliability for Red Bull be quite interesting to get like a red bull aston and a merc on the podium or a ferrari like i just want a bit of variety i don't want red bull one twos 
all the time because it'll it's gonna get boring and just F one needs a bit of spicing up at the moment and yeah. Hopefully Australia can bring that, but it's Australia, it's up and down. Last year was quite fun. So who knows? Um Hopefully it'll be a good race, but again, it is Australia. I'm not I don't think last year was that good, so personally, from my point of view, because Max retired, but again, we move. Yep, we move on. Uh, well I was well, I'm not the biggest Max fan, but I'm also like I'm at the moment I'm probably more of a neutral. Like I want exciting races to happen. That's all I want. Like before anything else, I am a motorsport fan and an F1 fan. I want to see good racing. I don't want to see cars following each other around stuck in DRS trains and the same people winning over and over again. Um so yeah, just I want a good race. I want to be screaming at my TV at six o'clock in the morning while everyone's asleep thinking, what the hell is that downstairs? I don't want people to be like, oh, I can watch F1 and fall back to sleep. I think I think a lot of the fans would agree with you. Is Again, obviously from my point of view, I'm enjoying the Red Bull domination. I like seeing Max on the top. I like seeing Paris doing well as well. But I do want to see a bit of variety of who's winning, who's on the podium. Again, who knows? Maybe the, the win tunnel penalty will come into effect later in the season. We might see something out, something happen, but who knows? Yeah, like, the thing is, though, what's really weird is, um, so basically during, I think it's around about June-July time, uh, all the wind tunnel stuff gets taken into consideration on the championship at that point in the season as well. If Red Bull is still first, which more than likely they will be, they'll still they'll have like the least development time of any team. Plus the is it seven? I can't remember. Is it a ten percent time loss as well? So that's like thirty five to forty five percent time loss to like Aston Martin, who are probably developing their car at a faster rate, even though Red Bull will be trying to get in as much development as possible. Um. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I hope something like spices this season up. I just don't want another season where Max can win the drivers' championship in like Japan or Singapore. But I did say earlier, like to someone, I reckon Red Bull will have the constructors wrapped up by Singapore if they go the way they're going. Yeah, yeah, and I I fully agree with you there. The one-twos, I think, are going to be something that we see quite a lot this season, I think. It just depends who's going to be on that at winning that top step of the podium, whether it will be Perez or it will be Max. I think we know who it's going to be because it's Red Bull. Um, right, that's pretty much everything. Quickly, top three predictions for Australia. Uh, I'm going to go with Max P1, Perez P2, and I'm going to chuck Alonso and P3. So the last, um, I'm gonna go with a little bit different. I'm gonna go Max P1, Alonso P2, and Hamilton P3. I think something's gonna happen with Perez. I think reliability, or just a little something, might hopefully like change things up. But who knows? We'll see. 
Um, yeah, that's it. Anything to like promote or plug or anything, Cam? I mean, not really. I mean, obviously, go check out ESR League. Good league. I think a lot of you guys would enjoy watching some of the streams as the end. The racing is uh, a little bit more entertaining than F1 at the minute, I'd say. Uh, yeah, the way the last few weekends have been, anything can happen in ESR compared to thing. Me and Cam both yeah. racing that. So, yeah, go check the Instagram account out and uh, we might be looking for some new races or commentators or whatever in the near future. Um, yeah, we race every Saturday night. Um, I stream on Twitch. The entire league gets streamed on Twitch through the ASR account as well. So, yeah. Um, all I'm say is now is we're just going to wrap it up. So, um, yeah, if you did like the podcast, give us a rating and give us a follow on all your podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, I, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Um, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at gp.dynamics and um, also check out our website, gpdynamics.org. We are putting a lot of content out on um, all platforms at the minute. Um, so yeah, make sure to just give us a follow on both of them and check us out. We do have daily updates on um, Instagram as well with news around the paddock we should be back at some point in the next two weeks before australia hopefully and we will see you next time thanks for listening